This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Wallace dips inside and hits. Stephen Fletcher back towards Adam Rich. listening to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. You're listening to the preview show. The World Cup may be well underway, but we've got a cup competition of our own to contend with as we take on Mansfield Town in the second round of the FA Cup this weekend. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Craig from the Mansfield Matters podcast. Thanks for joining me, Craig. How are you, pal? You all right? Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no, uh, no problem. Should be uh, should be a good one this weekend. I, I see you've uh, you're bringing quite a few fans down on on Saturday as well. Yeah, it's the first time we've been for a, a few years since I think we played you in like the, the Carling Cup or whatever it was. It changes name, obviously, it's Carabao Cup, isn't it, at the minute, a few seasons ago, just after we'd sort of come back up into the league. That was a Tuesday night, so that always sort of distracts a, a few fans. But uh, our fan base this season has shot up. It's gone up by 100% at home with the season ticket sales, which is phenomenal. Um, I think a lot of it is down to last season's form. But even away from home this season, we tend to be taking quite a lot. The official supporters club... Last season, seasons before that, would average one coach a game. Every single game we've taken at least two. I think we've got seven coaches booked for the official supporters club. There are a number of other offsprings as well. So um, I think we sold out our initial allocation of two. I think we've then got another thousand. I think we've sold that. We'll be close to the four, I think, come uh, come Saturday afternoon. It'll be a good atmosphere. If you're not careful, you might have uh, more than half of the uh, the attendance on on Saturday. To be fair, because uh, if it's anything like the, the Morecambe game, I think eight thousand was the attendance at Morecambe. But uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. Now uh, I tend to look at the the recent meetings in history, and, and I'll be honest, there's not many games uh, in recent history. Um, it'll be the fifteenth meeting between the two sides. We've just shaded it with five wins to your four. Three of those wins have come in the last three meetings. One in the Pizza Trophy last season, of course. The league. Cup, as you've just mentioned, and then the, then the FA Cup that was back in 1991. So, fingers crossed, we can make it four wins in a row this weekend. I mean, in regards to the FA Cup, obviously, I think you've made the third round of the FA Cup the last two seasons, losing to Middlesbrough last mm. time out, and then Cheltenham the year before. Uh, and I think you beat Sunderland on both occasions, didn't you? In uh, in that in that run. Um, I mean, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. I think, I think this is the. You got into the fourth round, 2007-2008, I think again beaten by Middlesbrough. But what, what's the FA Cup mean mean to you personally and then also as a, as a Mansfield fan as well? I mean, I quite enjoyed the FA Cup as a competition, especially the early rounds, it's because when you're sort of like us and stuck in the same league for years upon years, it's an opportunity to go to other grounds. It's only our our sort of uh, kicking the teeth that we seem to be drawn against teams that we've uh, played already. Prime example, round one, Barrow away. Thanks for that cup draw. That was We had Morecambe as well. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have been bothered if it had been Barrow at home, but Barrow, we'd only been there two weeks before. It's a horrible trip, a horrible place to go as well. So not great. I quite enjoy the cup competitions. It gives you a break from the league. It gives you a little bit of refocus. And of course, it can revitalise your season. You know, we've had some really good cup runs, uh, as you say, in the past. 
Middlesbrough 2007, 2008, might have been 2006, 2007, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, season we went down, but it gave us a little bit of hope as a, as a fan base that gave us something to focus on. Then, of course, when we were in the conference, we got to the third round against Liverpool, which was on TV where Suarez did a clear handball and uh, cheated his way into, into the next round. But that was a great for, for us. Craig, as a, as a you, club. you don't sound bitter at all, mate. No, no, not at all. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> it was great for us as a club, that, because it, we were on a bit of a dip and we'd been in the conference for four and a half seasons at that point. But it gave us that motivation and we kicked on from then and then went on a fantastic run to go and win the, win the league. Um, and then... You know, I was fortunate enough to commentate on that one. Last season, I was doing commentary again. We got uh, a good cup run. Didn't do the Sunderland game, but did the um, the second round at Doncaster where we had a load of fans go down there. Really great atmosphere, played some good football. Got Middlesbrough at home and really should have got past them. We were very unlucky to concede in the, uh, the last minute. And again, it gave us that belief to go on. So I think the FA Cup for Stags fans associates quite often with good memories. It's that sort of buffer to go and kick on your season. It gives you that break from the league, but it also gives you that little bit of a bit of a hope of what's to come. If you can do it against higher opposition, which Mansfield tend to do, they play either, they'll lose, but they'll lose narrowly and play really well. And it just gives you that bit of hope of, of what's to come and can really stand you in good stand. And of course, the money element, if you get to round three and get a decent tie, it's not to be laughed at either, is it? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the prize money and also the ticket sales as well, of course. Yeah, uh, I've, got to, I've got to say, I've got to say on that because you mentioned ticket sales there. Got to take our, our, our applaud and take our hats off to, to Sheffield Wednesday for that because a tenner is is really really great value. That's why we've probably sold as many tickets as we have. You know, we're in a horrible cost of living crisis at the moment. You look at some prices, even in League Two, ridiculous money to to go and watch football in League Two. So for you guys to do that as a club I think is fantastic and hopefully more more fans from your end take up the off the offer as well and, and make it a good atmosphere yeah definitely I mean I'll, I'll be I'll be definitely there on uh, on Saturday taking me uh, taking my son he's only two years old so I had to pay a fiver for him but anyway is what it, <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> I don't know how much you'll be watching but uh, anyway I mean what was the reaction like from from the Mansfield fans then when you when you drew us then when you knew you were coming to Hillsborough um, when the draw was made I think quite a positive one. You know, we've had a lot of away games. We're in a, a glut of away games at the minute and a lot of them being League Two at the minute this season seem to be quite far one. So it's only down the road. It's always going to be a good atmosphere. It's, a, it's always a good game against Sheffield Wednesday as well. So I think quite a lot of fans are, are quite pleased and, and quite uh, looking forward to it. I think there's a few that are perhaps disappointed it's not at home because we, up until a couple of weeks ago, have really good had really good home form. But that said, other than the loss at Harrogate, uh, at the weekend which let's not talk about that um, <laughs> we've been relatively alright away from home so swings and roundabouts really at least it's not barrow away so you know. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah now um, we, we I asked a few questions to you know people that listen as well uh, you know what questions want to ask you and one, one thing that came up you mentioned it before we started talking as well Fernando Forestieri there's an incident, obviously, in the pre-season. Yeah. How, how much do you do you hate the little Italian? I don't. I think hate's quite a strong word. I think it's it's an issue which you know raised a lot of questions and raised a lot of issues for what was allegedly said. Um, apparently, it was to do with a racist incident and a racist comment towards Christian Pierce. And to be honest, um, knowing um, Christian or Chief as we nicknamed him back when he was Mansfield captain. Um, as we sort of did, he wasn't the player. He's not the type of player to react in the way he did. So there was definitely something which happened there. I've since heard stories, which I'm not going to repeat in a, in a public 
forum uh, if people want to find out what they are um, I'm sure they can Google them and whatever. We've done a, a couple of podcasts with some players that were playing in that day and they said, you know, they heard certain instances and things like that. It's part and parcel of football in terms of, you know, that banting, that sled, you call it sledging in cricket, wouldn't you? But, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's definitely a fine line whether or not Forestieri understood the ramifications of what he said or not. I don't know, but... You know, a long time has passed since then. We've played each other numerous times and there's not one single player left in our squad from that squad. So as far as I'm concerned, it's an instant in the past and it's just one of those where in years to come, you just sort of sit down and go, remember that instant which happened in, in pre-season when Pierce was bear-hugged off by by David Flickcroft. It's just one of those myths, isn't it? It's yeah. one of those things which people always talk about. But It, uh, it seems no, to rumble no room on. for it in football. Yeah, it yeah, seems it to rumble, rumble on for long. it. Ages and ages, then he obviously I mean, got the the lengthy ban yeah, as well. And which, I can't uh, condone the actions of some of our players in in retaliation. I think Mellis was certainly one who uh, who got stuck in. You know, there's ways and, and means of dealing with situations. Of course, you want to stick up for your teammates, and you you know you want to show your support. But there's ways and means of doing it for us. But also, in some respects, actually thinking about it, the group sometimes need instances like that to happen. I'll give you an example. A couple of seasons ago, we were in the in the conference um, in pre-season. We went to Ilkeston Town, just down the road from us, and there was a player called Gary Ricketts, and he injured three of our players in a pre-season friendly, one of which he nearly ended his career, John Thompson, um, who he basically pushed into with this concrete side barrier, and he um, suffered a really bad injury and didn't play for, for quite a while, and it really shook him, and he was nearly a different player. Well, he was a different player because of it. Ricketts um, got banned, but the incident, because he'd done it to three of our players, really pulled our squad together. And yeah. that gave us that sort of togetherness. And we went on that season to go and win promotion as champions. It was almost the same with the incident in pre-season. It clicked us together as a unit. We rallied around our captain. We, you know, all right, some of the players' actions were uncondonable, like we've said. But you need instances like that sometimes, not saying a racist instant, but you need instances that click a little bit of a flare up in pre-season, a bad tackle here and there to bring yeah. them together. So so actually, you know, these swings and roundabouts, but uh, his name in Mansfield, I don't think will be one that would uh, <laughs> would be welcomed. A little bit like Stephen Quinn. No, we'll come on to him in a, in a bit, to be fair. Um, you, you touched a little bit on, uh, on last season. I think it's fair to say it was a, a season of two halves or... Or maybe three thirds, because uh, there was. Yeah. A, um, you had two wins in the first two games of the season, then no wins in the next twelve. Then you found yourself twenty third, and and obviously next to bottom. Then you went on, you know, only five defeats until the end of the season. Meant obviously you finished in the playoffs. You was high as third, I think, at one point as well. Yeah. And then heartbreak in the in the playoff final as well. Yeah. So last season was quite a season. bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, to use a footballing cliche, definitely. Um, I mean, for me personally, like I said, I got a call to do commentary halfway through it as well, mid at midpoint of the season, just when we'd started clicking into place, the game before we started clicking. So I actually managed to put my voice to that and really enjoyed it from that sort of things. You know, I was chatting to the manager, the players quite often and really enjoyed that ride. Was fortunate enough to get to commentate at Wembley and here in the studio, which you can't see because it's behind the camera. I've got a little plaque. I've got the Wembley team sheet and pictures of, of me and the team there as well so it, it was a special memory for me but obviously the performance let's not talk about that but the season as a whole we started off well and we played some really good stuff and then 14 games without a win in all competitions it just didn't click we had an injury to James Perch who um, fractured his skull innocuously in, in training and very nearly ended his career fortunately came back 
in January and sort of boost us a little bit. We had to play square pegs in, in round holes with sort of strikers playing at centre-backs. Uh, ironically, he now plays centre-half every single week, Ollie <laughs> Hawkins. Um, we also play strikers at wing-back, but let's not go in, into that yet. Um, we had midfielders suspended, midfielders injured. Stephen Quinn served a, a six-game ban and... Uh, you know, that really, really shook us because he was one of our main players last season. And then for whatever reason, it clicked. We got, you know, some of our players back. Quinny came back. Um, we got the win at Doncaster in the FA Cup. We got the win at Sunderland as well. We started picking up results. We had a tremendous fan base coming in each week. It started off at sort of 2,500 and grew. We were selling out seven and a half, eight thousand towards the back end of the season. 6,000 odd season ticket holders this year as well we created a real fortress and I think what did it really it might have been the same for you guys it was the first season post-pandemic and everyone was really really glad to be back you know back in a stadium we got a side who were on the crest of a wave I still say we weren't quite good enough we should have done a little bit more in January to get us over the line um but we really enjoyed it as as a club and it'll be a season which we'll remember for a lot of positive reasons Except for Wembley, let's just pretend that that, that never happened. Oh, I was going to talk about Wembley, but we'll, <laughs> we will just gloss over it. We've been there and done that as well. We've we've lost recently. I said recently, like what 2016, when we lost to Hull uh, yeah. at Wembley. So yeah, we we feel your pain. It is. Um, it's, it's funny because it, it still goes down for me as in recent times one of like the best memories, as yeah. in the day, apart yeah. from the football, which is which is, which is crazy. Isn't it? You know, having yeah. that many fans obviously set off really early to go to go down to London. You know, we took you know forty odd thousand fans down there, thirty odd thousand, whatever it was, and uh, and yeah, just we're the same. Let's just not talk about the football. <laughs> Let's talk I about think, the, the day. That's it, isn't it? You know, you build your expectations up. I mean, I knew from I said numerous times in the build up, if Port Vale get through their semi final, we won't get promoted because they were one of the best. They were, in fact, the best footballing side that I watched last season. We've tried to emulate their style this season. It hasn't worked. That's why we are on a bit of a, a bad bad run. Um, but, you know, the day and occasion, things like that, getting to Wembley, playing on the national stage, taking your kids down there for the first time or whatever, becomes a real family occasion. And uh, maybe I think I'm the curse because actually thinking back to it, I was commentating the last time we got to Wembley in 2011 for the FA Trophy final. By the way, the worst trophy final, the worst cup final ever played at Wembley, that one. Lost in the <laughs> 119th minute to Darlington of all teams before they went bust. A horrible final. Uh, and then obviously did the playoff final as well. Commentated on both, lost both. So I think it must be me. So Third year, time lucky, yeah? Well, maybe. I, no, Nigel Clough doesn't want Wembley again. I certainly don't want Wembley again. I'd either go top three or miss out. I, I don't want the heartbreak of, of Wembley because honestly, the nerves, it's just not worth putting yourself through it. I think I got more grey hair in, in, in that day than ever. I mean, yeah, yeah not a great day. But, I know uh, what you mean. Um, you you mentioned over this season too. Yeah, you mentioned there Nigel Clough. Now he's been there for what? You know, coming up to two and a half years, something like that. Twenty twenty is when he uh, is when he first came in. How's how's he been doing then? Recent, obviously, he's, I think both seasons you've had. Well, the season where he came in, you had a very poor season, which is probably why he, why he's there. Again, you had a very poor se- you know poor start to the season last season, but obviously they've stuck stuck by him. Um, yeah, how is he received by the the Mansfield fans? I think at the moment there are a few question question marks, but you get that because we've not won a game. So when we played really, really badly for me, and I think for 99.9% of Mansfield fans, it's been a breath of fresh air. The season that you mentioned, you know, Graham Cochran was manager before that. He inherited a really 
a squad which should have been in League One, um, but wasn't. He didn't really hit the ground running. Then the pandemic hits and he has to deal with that. We don't get a win in any of his of Cochrane's games at the start of the season. We're horrendous. Um, we've got big players on, on stupid money. Um, and Nigel Clough is brought in to do exactly what he did at Sheffield United, Derby, Burton, um, which was basically reduce the wage budget, get rid of the dead wood that uh, on ridiculous money and bring better quality players and then build something. It was never going to be an overnight fix. Stags fans knew that. Um, and their first season, they sort of gave him a lot of grace for that. And we got into a good position where we could really tinker with the squad and bring some good players in. We did that last season. We went on a really, really good run. There are still people questioning, in, me included, some of the recruitment process because we're not really recruiting uh, enough players to cope with the demands of modern day League Two, in uh, many people's opinions, um, which is why we're having to play strikers at wing back. Um but other than that, I think most people are, are pleased with him. Once we've got all of our squad fit and available, um, we'll be a good side. We'll be difficult to play against and we'll pick up some results. The question is, when will that be? It's almost like last season. When will it be? And uh, that's the most frustrating thing at the minute. We sense that there's something brewing, even if you know it, it's a case of Clough takes us to a certain point and somebody else comes in to, to finish off the job, then, then, then so be it. But... Uh, you look at what he's he's done at Derby and Sheffield United. Really, he's laid the foundations for for their future. You know, Derby had a good couple of seasons after he went Sheffield United. I know it all pain you, but went on a really good trajectory <laughs> up to the top flight for a while as well. So, um, he does that. He he's, he sort of comes in, does a job, and uh, secures your club. And post pandemic, I think a lot of people are still forgetting that financially, from a business perspective, football clubs especially are still recovering from the pandemic this season. And the real impact of that will probably be next season with season ticket sales and things like that to to boost it. So I can't find a single fault at anything he does other than play strikers at wing back. That baffles me. <laughs> yeah. Now, how does he have a distinct style of play? Do you, do you kind of play the same way? And if so, like, how would you describe that? Last season, I would have said yes. We would we played with a solid back four, um, and then we played with a really fluid midfield, often with a diamond or in a four-three-three. This season, we've gone, we've experimented with a, a back three playing wing backs, um, and, and it's strikers not playing wing back as well. Strikers <laughs> playing wing backs. Yeah, I'll explain why. Um, so, I mentioned Port Vale earlier. They were one of the best sides that I saw last season in terms of the way they played and set up. Forest Green very similar. Played with a back three with wing backs, really effective wing backs. Um, as well. Nigel Clough obviously saw that and thought that's the way we need to play. That's the way we're going to get out of the division. Problem with that is you need the players to be able to play it. Um, Mal Benning at Port Vale, he was one of our old players, a, a Mansfield legend, um, played really, really well in the in the wing-back role down the left-hand side. Stephen McLaughlin does that for us now, but he's not fit enough to, to play every single game. He's actually out injured at the minute. We haven't got a replacement. So what do we do? We play Lucas Aikens there, who's a right-footed striker. Not a very effective one either. Um, on the right-hand side, we've got Kel Gordon, who's ex-Derby. Um, really good winger, really good uh, wing-back. Doesn't play because he's, he's got a glass knee, so he gets a knock and he's out for about six weeks. Prefers Jordan Bowery. Again, another out-and-out striker at, at wing-back. It's not effective enough. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It's square pegs round holes. And the problem we've got is we... Clough has got this sort of stubbornness, a little bit like his dad used to have. Once he's settled on a way he wants to play, it's going to be that come hell or high water. He's very reluctant to change it. He did admit after Saturday's defeat at Harrogate that he picked the wrong team and the wrong formation. 
but too little too too late you've got to you know you've got to sort of say you know strikers of wing backs ain't working centre forwards are centre halves central midfielders are centre halves ain't working stick to what you know and you'll be good um, so as to our style of play I'd like to see us play a back four I think we'd be much more effective like that but I can guarantee you we'll play a back three with two strikers as wing backs and a centre half <laughs> at centre back and God knows what happens up front we'll probably put a goalkeeper up front who knows <laughs> Christ. Look, nothing would surprise me this season under Nigel Clough. There's something, there's something not quite there. It's funny. You know, we we could have said the same about Darren Moore last season. Uh, we, we had you know wing backs at centre half in Marvin Johnson and what have you. So again, there's, there's quite a lot of similarities here between yourself and uh, and us, especially of of last season. Now you. you We'll touch on your we'll touch on your form as well. Uh, you know, you find yourself just outside the playoffs in the league in eighth position, but you know your form of late isn't great. You know, in fact, there's only Hartlepool and Gillingham that have got a worse record in the last six yeah. games. Four defeats, one draw, and just the one win. I mean, what have the performances been like? You know, you mentioned I, I saw you, you called the podcast Horrogate uh, for, for, the, <laughs> yeah. for the weekend, which I thought was quite uh, quite good. Obviously, three 0 defeat to them but you know what have the performances been like because sometimes you know you can get beat but you can actually play quite well right? yeah. or, or, and vice versa uh, well I think Horrogate sums it up really um, eighth is a false position for where we are um, we're nowhere near as effective as what we were last season in terms of our, our attacking play defensively we're all over the place uh, in, in, in places this season teams have worked us out getting behind we've got a, one of the slowest back lines I think I've ever seen in fact I liken our back three at times, especially when it's O'Toole, Hawkins and Perch. I love them all as individual players. None of the three can play in a back three. I think they're more suited to a, a, a two um, in, a, in, a, in a back four. Um, but, you know, they're all past it. Perch hasn't got the pace he has. John Joe O'Toole, he's desperate to still play as a number 10. Let's not forget he was a, a really good number 10 when he was at Northampton and Bristol Rovers. We bring him in. What do we do? Stick him at centre-half. He was excellent there last year, but he's not got the legs for it this year. And Ollie Hawkins as well. He's great in the air because he's about six foot ten. Uh, but anything on the deck, anything, you know, either side of him, he can't get there. He's not got the legs to do it or he'll commit a foul and get sent off. Like you did at Wembley. Um, not you, you mentioned um, sending off. You, you have had two sendings off in your last six games, which obviously don't help either. No, they course. don't, and uh, and you know, it, it really doesn't help us, and we get exposed quite quickly. Um, so I think that, in terms of that, gives us a little bit of falseness. Teams have worked us out. I can't really remember a game other than perhaps Leighton Orient away on a really really hot day where it must have been about forty five degrees out on the pitch. We lost one nil where we've you know come away from a, a game saying we've played really, really well today. And that worries me because our expectation levels, because of last season, naturally have bombed right up to the top and we're nowhere near matching it. I personally can't see where our next win's coming from. I can't see where our next goal's coming from at the moment. That worries me tremendously, um, especially considering the talent we've got in our squad. So eighth is definitely false. I've said it a number of times. We were an average team last season that caught the crest of a wave um, and we're unlucky perhaps to miss out on promotion. We've not really added enough quality, enough depth to build on that this season. And because our expectations have shot up, we're being exposed and we've got to accept the consequences for it. And it'll either go one or two ways on, on Saturday afternoon. We'll either get absolutely tonked or we'll perform a miracle, knock out another League One team and everything will be all rosy again for another week for a week yeah um, you just <laughs> mentioned a few of the players there um, 
Oliver Hawkins is, is one that I've picked out as ones to watch, um, mainly because he's your highest rated player on whoscored.com. Um, you, you can answer my question already as well, because he's down as a centre-back and a, and a forward. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, how does that work out? But And I, and I look through your recent games, and I'm thinking, well, he's definitely a centre-back, because that's where he's been playing. But obviously, you've, you have already covered that one. But... Um, you know he's got two goals to his name, and you know, and, and from centre back, you have already touched on him already. Um, another one though is Stephen Quinn, uh, 36 year old, obviously former United player, uh, giving it the big I am when we played during the Pizza Cup last uh, last season. I mean, how important has his experience been? Obviously playing at the highest level with Hull and another team from Sheffield as well. Yeah, uh, Stephen Quinn, um, he's definitely on the club legend sort of perch I think at the minute he's got the potential to be there last season he was a real driving force for us um, and the phrase no win no Quinn was factually accurate last last season whenever he didn't play we didn't win it was as simple as that we went on a horrendous run when he got himself sent off um, for back chatting at the referee and then got a further three game ban for um, for apparently um, doing the same in his in his hearing spitting the dummy out and, uh, and kicking off a little bit we missed him tremendously um, Nigel Clough and Stephen Quinn have both said it themselves. If he hadn't been suspended for those six games, it would have made the one or two points different we needed to get automatics. He was tremendous for us last season, um, especially around some of the younger players um, coming through. He was a real driving force in the midfield. But he was a real driving force in the midfield because we played a certain way. Him and McLaughlin down the left-hand side when we were in a back four, really, really good, really, really effective. We're playing a back three now with wing-backs, which means the midfield gets swamped. He's not as effective this year. And because he's the age he is, he hasn't got 90 minutes in his legs. It comes 60 minutes and we've got to drag him off. It's not the way to, to continue and, and go through a, a full season, um, which is a little bit disappointing considering how influential he is. He will start on Saturday. He will play 90 minutes and inevitably he will score. <laughs> yeah, it probably probably will happen. That it's normally either a player that's uh, that's played for us that comes back to Hillsborough, or yeah, someone that's played for United that uh, that scores against us. Uh, another one I picked out is Will Swan, uh, leading goal scorer. It looks like he's yeah. a strike a striker that plays in his correct position. Yeah, which is rare. Um, and Will Swan's also another frustrating one because he's on loan from Nottingham Forest, which is really really good. The last time we had a striker on loan from Notts Forest, Nottingham Forest, sorry to all those Forest fans shouting at the podcast feeds now, um, was Tyler Walker a few seasons ago when we got into uh, the the last time we got into the playoffs, bagged a hatful for us. Will Swan really really good forward. He's stepped into the breach with Reese Oates being out. He's just on the cusp of coming back now. Um, really good player with a lot of pace is, is Will Swan knows where the back of the net is got a real potential good future um, next to him but he's another one that needs to take um, daily sort of um, vitamins daily sort of uh, flu jabs and COVID jabs because he is honestly Mr. Bacteria every, si- every single week he seems to have a cold and we miss him for two and th- two or three weeks it's astonishing he would be a cracking player and would be a consistent player if he didn't pick up so many colds. It's I don't know what's going off. It's either colds, injuries, or suspensions. There's something. I'm I'm sure there's a ghost at, at the training ground which is guaranteed to ruin our season. Again, another another similarity with us. We yeah. we're we're adamant that that our 
training ground is cursed with the amount of injuries that we uh, that we pick up. Uh, you know, seemingly every single week there's someone else that's uh, that's injured. Uh, just just moving on to Saturday's game, then like like I said, big following that's uh, that's coming up uh, as it is just the the short trip up the uh, up the M1. Um, how do you see it panning out? Do, do you think that you're going to come and try and frustrate us like some teams do, you know, keep it at nil-nil for as long as you can? Or do you think you're going to come and you know, take the game to us and, and really make a good fist of it and put on a, a show for the travelling fans? Now, if this was a league game, I'd be straight away saying we're going to get absolutely turned over. Um, considering the way we played at Harrogate, the way we've been setting up against you know a, a physical and, and, and fast Sheffield Wednesday side, Um but it's the FA Cup and Nigel Clough loves to lay down the gauntlet. He loves to, to lay down a challenge. He loves to be the one that knocks uh, a higher rated team out. We've I suppose you could, you, could, you could take quite uh, a lot of inspiration from, you know, the World Cup, you know, Saudi Arabia yeah. and, and obviously uh, <laughs> Japan as well today, but, you know, beating, yeah. the, uh, beating the big dogs. Yeah, who would have saw, seen that coming? You know, we do respond when we've got a, a big following. Um, we saw it, our away form at the start of the season w- w- was poor. We then took a big following down the road to Doncaster. Lo and behold, we get the victory and, and we kick on away from home. Um, we've been a little bit poor of late. Horrogate, as I said, uh, on Saturday, turned over in the first half. Played better in the second half when we were attacking the fans. So whichever half we end up attacking our own fans, the vocal support from the travelling Stags faithful will surely give the, the lads a lift. And I think when you're adding those other factors it's just down the road. League One side to potentially knock out. A couple of ex-Sheffield United lads in there. Obviously, you've got Cluffy in the dugout. You've got Kieran Wallace. That was a blade. You've got Stephen Quinn um, as well. You've also got a couple of um, Wednesday fans in the ranks. Uh, George Maris, who's one of our influential midfielders, is a big Sheffield Wednesday fan, lives a stone's throw from the ground. There are lots of factors to throw into it. Because it's the FA Cup and all of those things considered, I think it could make for a very interesting game. And I think they could potentially be at least a replay on the cards. Yeah, like I say, do you think it's going to be a case of sitting back or do you think you're going to give it a good go or do you not know? No, we'll, we'll come, well, I'll know when we, we announce the team. If we announce the same back back line as we did on Saturday, we might, I might as well not bother going through the turnstiles, to be honest. Um, but uh, I think we we will come out, because of the FA Cup, Clough will say, go and play with three freedom. You've got, you know, 4,000 travelling fans that have come out to support you today. It's a local derby for them this season. Um, you know, go and give it your best. And I think the players will respond to that. There'll be a huge noise from the away end and uh, our boys will come out wanting to put Horrogate right and wanting to cause an upset. So I think the first half an hour, if we start on the front foot, really pressing, really playing some fluid attacking stuff and get our good ball players on, on the ball and dictating the game, I think we'll we'll do all right, but uh, I think it all hinges on team selection and that first half an hour. If we go behind, that's it. Yeah, it's a tricky one for us as well. Obviously, you think that we're going to be you know rotating the squad, uh, you know, focus on the league and all that jazz. But it, I think you know we said it on the pod at the weekend uh, that going out in the second round is is probably worse than going out in the first round because you you know mm-hmm. you want to get that third round tie. You want to get yeah. you know a, a decent club. You know, for example, you know, even us as well. You know, you want that the Arsenal's or the Man United's or anyone like that. You know. We haven't played those for for quite some years. Yeah. Right, we played Arsenal not so long back, um, but you know you want a you want a big tie. So it will be interesting to see. You know that we haven't really got that fixture congestion either as well. You know we don't play. Obviously, it's a weekend game. There's there's not another game until until next Saturday. I think uh, you see there there again with us. We've got the the Pizza Cup trophy on Wednesday night up at uh, Goodison Park against Everton's kids. So 
I mean, Clough will try and rotate it, but he's not got the luxury of having everybody fit and available. So that's also going to be a factor. You know, do you progress in the FA Cup and get that big money spinning tie? Or do you focus on a cup competition where I think a club like Mansfield should be probably going to try and win that? So yeah, it's, it's a, 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 it's a, a difficult one, competition it? that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's especially we, we particularly don't like it, but I think that's probably because we didn't really try in in it. But you know, if we'd have got to a little bit further, I'm sure it yeah. suddenly becomes you know a lot more yeah. uh, a lot more important and what have you. Now, um, before before I let you go, uh, Craig, I, I need to nail you down to that um, that score prediction that means absolutely nothing. So go on, how do you how do you see it panning out? You can give me two if you want. You can go with your head and your and your heart if they are different. Well, you see, we, we do this on ours. We did our podcast last night and in our podcast predictions, which also means absolutely sod all, uh, other than bragging rights. I actually predicted a 2-1 defeat, um, but I can't come on an opposition's podcast and go with the opposition to well, win I'll, a game, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that one as your head then, but obviously yeah. with, you, with your heart. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll go, I'll flip it. I said 2-1 defeat, I'll say 2-1 win because Mansfield always matters. Uh, yeah, exactly. Get a tagline in there. Come on. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, it's, it's a tricky one. I, you know, I think that you know, no matter what side we put out, we should on paper have enough to be. But like I've said, you know, Argentina should on paper have had enough to to beat uh, mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia as well. And obviously, there's there's always a cup upset uh, and everything. But yeah, I think we're. Last season, I think we'd have probably struggled. This season, we've we've got a a, a real way of kind of beating the the. the "Quote unquote lesser sides, let's say that uh, that are perhaps going to come out and try and frustrate us and quieten the crowd and everything. So, yeah, I've uh, again, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't say a defeat at all. Um, I think it'll probably be a two or a three nil win. To be fair, um, Craig, if if people want to listen to to your podcast and obviously hear about the the Wednesday win at the weekend, uh, <laughs> where can we find it and um, and and listen? You can find us uh, on Spotify, I think Apple and Google Podcasts as well. Uh, and on just basically try and find us on social media at MTFC Matters on Twitter and uh, on Facebook as well. And that's where we, we tend to go live. So come and uh, see us having a little rant. And who knows, we might have to do a little bit of uh, behind the scenes deal as well. We do a, a, a series in the closed season called Stag Stories where we have ex-players on. And I'm told there's a certain ex-player of ours who occasionally pops up on your podcast. Mr. Giles Coke, Mr. Fizz himself, Mr. Coke, yeah, yes, he does. He does. Although he hasn't, he hasn't been on for for some weeks, obviously with his commitments at Grimsby. But yes, I can, uh, I can certainly sort that out for you if you want to, uh, if you want to have a chat with him, that's fine. You see, there's a photo somewhere on social media when Giles played for us. Uh, he was one of the few players that I had on the back of my shirt when I was younger. So um, I need to find it. Really, I'm in the process of moving house, so I'm gonna have to dig it out and uh, and find it as well. But uh, excellent, really, he'll, he'll, ex- he'll love that to know that there's at least one player out there, one fan out there <laughs> with his name on the back of the shirt. Yeah. Let's not tell him it was probably for a, a bet, but the, you know, <laughs> no, I, I think I did actually genuinely enjoy his his, his play with because he was it was at the start of his career when he joined us. It was if it wasn't it was. for us, it wouldn't have had the career that he did. Really, we sort of gave him his chance from from non-league. One of the yeah. Cotton Palmer, everybody hates hates him at Mansfield for for various reasons. Um, Am I right in saying Kevin Pressman was there as well yes, at the same time? Yeah, yeah, Kev Pressman was there as well. Yeah, um, top top keeper he was as well. Um, we I interviewed Carlton 
at the back end of lockdown and we had one of Giles' ex-teammates, Adam Rundle, on as well, who told a funny story about Palmer, which got quite a lot of clickbait on Twitter, which Palmer <laughs> responded to. And then we sort of had to have him on the podcast and it did really, really well. And we had a good conversation with Carlton, to be fair. Really nice uh, bloke, actually, it turned out. But Giles is always one of the ones that I wanted to get on the list. So uh, we'll yeah, have to do I'll... some uh, some dealing. Yeah, I'll sort that out for you. Not a problem. Um Craig, thanks very much for coming on. Do uh, do appreciate it. Fingers crossed that uh, you have a good end to the season and you stop playing the strikers at wing back. But I hope you play them there this weekend and we can beat you. <laughs> well, we will, fingers crossed. We'll wait and see. Thanks so much for, for having us on. And I look forward to seeing you at the one call for the replay. <laughs> Great stuff. Cheers, Craig. Cheers. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.